Guess who? Guess. Did you? Did they? Did I they think guess they guessed. We got. We should give them some time so they can really think about it. Think. Who could this be? They probably recognize our voices. Well, I hope so. I get stopped. A lot of people stop me when they hear me talking. They'll go, hey, "Aren't you that guy?" Why? Yes, I am. I am that guy, and I'm having a beer tonight. So. And I am if, not. There are, if there are lots of pauses when you ask me something and there's a just like dead air. And just hear that little it, it's me liquidy, yeah. liquidy sound going. Yeah. We're doing it a little different tonight. I'm I'm having a beer and Dave is not. So there we go. Because I've kind of been on the wagon for ninety days and I'm not I'm still sort of on the wagon. Can it's you drink beer well, occasionally and still be on the wagon? Uh, or do they th- kick in, you off the in, wagon? No, in your case I think that's that works. Yeah. And this is gluten free. It's not glutton-free, though. This is my fourth. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. It's my first. Oh, uh, well, I'm a glutton. I already finished one water. Yeah, I'm really? Thirsty, man. Slow down. I'm going for the second Slow down one. there. Oh, man, slow oh, down. Thirsty. You're, my, what, we're gonna, you're gonna lose control of your bladder, which is, so, which is not good as you reach the ripe old age of whatever we are. This is episode 179. Yeah, the two half squads, the only podcast... On, on the internet. internet. Yes. And we, w- we want you to know this. This is the truth. This is not alternate truth. Mm-mm. The only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced squad leader. Yeah. Jeff and Dave here once again. 176, did you say? You know, the competition can't hold a candle to us. Oh, no. You know why? Because there is no competition. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 179. That's right. Yeah. I think, you know, they should make an award every year for the best ASL podcast, because <laughs> then we'd be a shoe-in. I've kind of given up uh, a few things. We've been doing this long enough. I no longer care that we don't win an, what do they call it, any, Ernie? Any, any. Any award, you know, because they don't really include podcasts for war games. And I don't care that, uh, yeah, actually I do. <laughs> that I don't, I don't have my name on the counter yet, but I'm still I'm not willing to do anything for it. I'm I'm sticking to that. I'm kind of over the fact that Perry doesn't uh, call me on a regular basis. I'm over that. So, so I'm maturing. 
This how, is the result of a lot of uh, Buddhist practice. How are you feeling about the uh, newest financial endeavor for the two half Oh, yes. Uh, that was a big step for us, and I wish we had started at 176 episodes ago. <laughs> yes. Because what we've done, if you don't know, listeners, is that we are now on Patreon. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can support this podcast. One is you could go into iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate the show. You could call us and tell us how great we are. You could send us an email and tell us how great we are. Mm-hmm. You could send us regular mail and tell us how great we are. You could send us stuff, which, and I, we don't care then what you tell us, whether you, you hate us, but if you send us stuff, that's a great way to do it. Another way you could buy from our great sponsors like uh, Bounding Fire Productions or Reader's Creek. Mm-hmm. And finally, you could make a donation. Well, there's two ways. You could make a donation from our website. Just go on there and pay us through PayPal, which is very nice. Greatly appreciated. And now you can follow us on Patreon. And for $1 per episode, you can support us that way. So every time we drop an episode into the big water of the Internet, you will get dinged a dollar. And it'll appear in our pockets magically. And that ain't too much to ask. That's not too much to ask. I, like I say, if you know, if a hundred people had been sponsoring us for all 176 episodes, we have, would have like three and a half million dollars. I don't think your math adds up. Well, I'm not big on math, but it certainly would be a nice way to show your appreciation. Can uh, listeners still contribute the regular way? Yes, or you can just listen. Freeloaders for you for you that just want to be freeloaders. <laughs> You six plus two liters, single man counters. <laughs> no, really. But so they go to Patreon. Patreon. We'll have the com. link on here. Patreon.com slash. We did it out squad. just now. Yeah. You put it on Facebook. I did. And um, do they have to sign in, sign up? Yeah, you just go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash the two half squads, and you'll see our posting there and you can just sign in and pledge a dollar per episode and you put in your credit card and like I say whenever we put on an episode which is two a month sometimes three a month but that's pretty rare and lately it's less than that but we'll yeah. pick it up again we'll pick it up if the especially if the if money starts rolling in yeah yeah that's our retirement right there <laughs> it's gonna be meager retirement but yeah, easy to do. So we are, we're thanking you in advance, everybody. And Dave, how are you? Well, Jeff. You look, you look terrific. Well, I'm just lucky to be alive. <laughs> I, I think we could say that every day. Because Friday morning. What happened? Laura was down in the family toy room over there by the computer. Yeah. By the TV on the other side there by the bay windows. Yeah. We had guests staying in our house's house from Kansas City. A gentleman named Kelly and his two kids, high school kids. And they were in the basement there, the game room. And Laura heard the doors opening, door open, stairs up and down, someone in the kitchen, someone out down the steps, out the front door. And she thought, well, who... Would have left. Was that Kelly coming up from the basement? Why would he go out the front door? Or was it his kids? 
And she looked out the bay window and saw a strange young man, about 20 years old, trying to get into our van. Hmm. So she walked back around to the front door to open it and look out, figure out what's going on. Or, and he was inside our house by the time she got around that corner. Again. Into the front door? Huh? I don't lock the doors all the time. Yeah. And now I know why you're supposed to. And she said, who are you? What are you doing? He said, Thomas, I'm one of the twins. Now, Adam had friends that are twins. Hmm. So Laura thought maybe this was one of his friends. She soon could tell this person was extremely addled. Drug addled. Hmm. Very much on something. Really? So she turned, went up the steps, grabbed the phone, came into the bedroom, woke me up 625 in the morning, and said, we have a drug kid on drugs here. It may have been with one of our kids. Who knows what's going on here? And so I got up thinking, well, going to figure this out and see if our kids were with this kid. What's going on here? Yeah. Somebody might be in trouble, huh? Yeah. Get Open the bedroom door. There he is standing in the upstairs hallway. He followed her upstairs. <laughs> so... I said, who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, I left my charger, you know, last night. I left the charger here, so I got to go. I got to get the charger. <laughs> like, uh, Adam comes, Laura, Laura woke up Adam. He comes to the door. I said, Adam, who is this kid? And Adam goes, I don't know. I've never seen him before. So, suddenly I'm thinking when I said to the kid, hey, well, then what's his name? Maybe he knows Adam. Yeah. Maybe he had her pulling one over on me. I didn't doubt it, but he looks at Adam. No, I don't know. I don't know. But I, my wallet and stuff's here from the party last night. Wow. Uh-huh. And now he's reaching in his pockets. He's feeling all around. I can tell he's got nothing in his pockets. Yeah, so I'm thinking, good. okay. Yeah. But I should maybe be getting a knife or something, which I normally would do immediately. But I think the fact that this, we thought Adam may notice, kid. Yeah. Or Megan or somebody threw us into a different zone mentally. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> Kelly appears at the bottom of the steps. What's going on? I said, I don't know. We got this kid in our house. <laughs> I said, you know that guy down there? I don't know why I said that. He yeah. wouldn't know Kelly from, from, uh, yeah, Kansas. from Kansas. So down... Down, and at the end of all this, I said to Kelly, I don't think you're in Kansas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid goes down the steps, turns into the kitchen. I'm at the head of the steps. I start to come down behind him. He comes out again pretty quickly, goes down the stairs to the front door, and goes out. Oh, and while he's walking, I'm saying, like, where are you from? Well, I'm from Arlington Heights. And where'd you go to school? Fremd. And, okay, and then he goes out the front door, and we're up on the upper landing still, the the, dining, the living room. And Laura's on the phone now. His name is this. And I got him to start spelling his last name. He go, went out the door. She goes, oh, he's going outside now. He's outside. And I'm looking out the window. 
from the out the window from the upper landing, and then he comes back in. And Laura's like, "Oh no, he's back in the house now. He's in the house." She's talking to the, to police. the police. Yeah. And so I go back down there. And I say, "This kid." I'm like, "Okay, so spell your last name." He starts spelling it, and then I'm like, "Do you go to college?" And he says, "No, it's gonna be a." paramedic but i don't think it's working out gonna work out and and he goes i need my charger and i said son you need like something you need like i don't know but look at you you need like jesus you need to clean up you need this this ain't gonna work for you look yeah. you don't even know me he needs dianetics Do you know <laughs> that's what he needs <laughs> straighten him out right Boy, now do you know me do you know where you are and he's looking, and he kind of like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and Whoa. Kelly's standing behind him. I'm putting my arm on him. Son, you need help. We got to get you. <laughs> and then I see the cops appear back in the wow. sliding doors. Yeah. Out the back. They run around to the front, and they see us all standing there by the front door. And pull him on out. And they found his bag and keys and wallet somewhere. And he went to several other homes, apparently. So the police are like, oh, yeah, we've been looking for him. Oh. We didn't know where he went. <laughs> well, he's oh, in our They must house. have been in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Is that crazy? Wow. That's crazy. It was a bizarre way to start your day. And uh, I don't know what happened to him. So as I'm pulling out the driveway, so I shower. When I come out of the shower, I'm like, Adam, why didn't you, like, tackle the kid if you realize there's a strange kid in our house? He goes, well, I don't know. You guys were just talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why were... It was kind of bizarre. Yeah, it throws you off. Unless you've trained. You know, unless you've gone through the drill, what to do if there's somebody in the house, you know? <laughs> well, normally I get How the knife. You, you have and, a knife? Where do you keep I, a knife? I have to creep down to the kitchen to get the knife. Well, that's inconvenient. Yes. Well, I have a coworker who said, see, if he was in our house, he'd be full of six bullets by the time he got yeah, up the hallway. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking. I don't know. Wait a minute. Just a drug-addled kid, you would have just plugged him full of holes? Yeah. <laughs> or like... yeah. That seems a little <laughs> A, over the top, and B, just not a good idea. <laughs> but, you know, I hope, I didn't wow. say this, but I would say, I hope you would, would shout like, halt or something first. I have a gun. Yeah. Um, she didn't seem like it. But, yeah, it was crazy. And then. Did you ask him if he played ASL? No. <laughs> No. Oh. So when I'm leaving... Because you get a lot of people coming in and out of your house. Well... Dave Dave has an open-door policy. Well, it's not an open-door <laughs> policy, but... you know, It on was game, that morning. On game nights, people walk in and out of your house. Yeah. Yeah. They knock a little, or I just... Little strangers. They just come in. Sometimes. Right. Strange-ish. But Sometimes strange people we meet online from the podcast. Yeah. Just Although come I right in. I haven't had the Passel Club in a long time, but summer's here. Yeah. No excuse. I yeah. gotta get one scheduled quickly. So, so as I'm leaving, the neighbor woman is pulling out, stops, goes, talks to the cops. So I come home. She's in her front yard. I come up to her, say, hey, what's going on? She goes, oh, Dave, I should probably explain to you about the police, why they were here. Hmm. Okay, because she says she was jogging. And I said, oh, I think I have something to add to that story. And she tells me she was jogging and saw him kind of like acting really weird. And then he put his hands in his pants or something, and she... Took off running even faster, home, locked the door, security system on, and hopped in the shower to get ready for work. So I said, oh, well, here's the rest of that story. Yeah. (laughs) She couldn't believe it. Wow. So 
you find you did you hear any more? Like where he's what happened to him? Make no, but Megan found him on Facebook. Oh really? Yeah. So now we have which is creepy. Now I, we we can see all his friends. Yeah. We can see where he went on vacation. We can see I don't want to reveal too much on the air, in case you know this person. Uh it's kinda like I'm the stalker now. So I'm thinking either like I'll just show up at his house, walk through one day. There you go. That'll teach him. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing straightens out a stalker like stalking the stalker. <laughs> or I'm thinking, since we have a, his whole list of friends from Facebook, I could start knocking them off. Kill yeah, them. Kill yeah, them one at a time. Yeah. From like the least friend to the closest friend. Right. And he'll feel like it's getting closer and closer to him. It's like the final countdown. <laughs> You know that movie, The Final... Have you seen those no. movies, The Final Countdown? I was thinking yeah. the abominable Dr. Fibes. Oh, yeah. Where he kills all the doctors. Yeah. His wife died. Oh, great one. Victoria. His wife, Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's The Final Countdown? The, great, the Final Countdown is a series of movies about uh, some kids. I can't, I can't remember what they did, but it's like they cheated death somehow. Like there was a plane crash... And something happens, and they cheated death. So death is kind of after them, trying to get them. He does not like to be cheated. No, he doesn't want to be cheated. But do you remember when yeah. he came to the door? I told him I couldn't go yet because I hadn't finished playing all the yeah. little scenarios. <laughs> Which is great because that's going to keep him at bay for a long time. I know. There's, they, there's so they many keep scenarios. Keep making more. Yeah. Well, that's quite a story. That, yeah. 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 I'm I'm going to tell that one to Robin because we leave our doors open, but. Uh, Doors unlocked in the back, but we have a fenced-in fence. yard, yeah. and um, we've got an opossum that lives back there, and a <laughs> raccoon. Pretty mean. Yeah, they're, they're they can be really angry if you upset them. Well, I'm glad you're okay. You got to keep that knife, though. The kitchen is not the right spot because what if you go down there and like Laura put it in the dishwasher? You can't find <laughs> it. You're going reaching the wood block thing where the knives are, and it's like, oh, that's not the right knife, and you you know you don't. Then you just got the paring knife instead of the nice butcher thing. <laughs> like it slit its nostrils. Yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> like in that China what if, movie. What if all you can find are like the, the uh, poultry snips? You know, I mean. <laughs> like it snips something off. Yeah, or tongs, you know, or chopsticks. Yeah, the policeman so. at work said to keep a bat under the bed. You, you can like shove a, them away. What do you feed them? <laughs> no, a baseball bat. Oh, a baseball bat, yeah, under the bed. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I, th- I like that idea. Yeah. We don't have a gun. Well, we have paintball guns. And actually, I mentioned that to the officer at school, and he, he said, actually, that if the guy's not armed, yeah, he's on drugs, he's coming at you. Paintball. Paintball to the face could do some serious Is that d- right? deterrence. Yeah. I've oh, never, you know how much they hurt. No, I've from, never been hit with one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should go paintballing. Do you want to? Yeah, if you don't mind losing, I never get hit. <laughs> I'm like... An international man of mystery in the paintball world. Me and Bond. Is it time for... It's time for... Let's talk about ASL. It's time for... What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? And what have you been playing lately, Jeff? I've been playing the penny whistle. I wouldn't consider that playing, though. You know, I have not been playing much. I've still been very much involved in with a work project that I'm coming up on the end of, and then there's going to be some ASL back in my life, which I'm 
very much looking forward to. But I did play one night with my very dear friend, David Kleinschmidt. I don't know if you know him. I do. Splendid fellow. Excellent chap. Expert frogman. Uh, and we played a wonderful scenario called The Meat Grinder, in which we oh, yes. we did some meat grinding, which was very fun. Do you remember this? Uh-huh. Kind of, sort of. That's the Germans, Russians? Yes. Uh, in Lutsk, Lutsk, Russia, in uh, 25th of June, 1941. This is for AP 41, I guess, from the Action Pack. Uh, you wrote on here, this is from Bonsai, Volume 14, Number 2. Oh, that's where there's a review of it. Oh, If you okay. wanted to read up on it. Oh, good. Okay. All right. So, yes, Russians against the Germans. A nice little, just a, a short one, five-turn scenario with, with uh, th- this was fun. Who played who? Let's see. What I write at the bottom? You played R. R? I played the Russians. Is the R circled? R circled. I won with the Russians. Okay. And I played the Germans, and I lost, because I'm not... The G is not circled. Uh, so sad. Uses boards 56 and 49. And in this one, there is... Uh, the Germans oh. win at game end by amassing more victory points than the Russians. And that, they had to occupy some multi-hex b- buildings. Yeah, that's the one we played in two nights. Yes. The second night went pretty quick. But you never know that. Again, because we, we had a lot of tanks... Yeah. So I had those big tanks with those huge guns. You had those big tanks with the 150, you had two with 152 millimeter guns. Not 152 inch guns, that would be. But, yeah, you had two of those. And you had a 76LL AA gun. Then you have a couple of 45L tanks coming on and a 76 coming on that, that came on in turn one. But... You set up very well. Well, and it's I, all spread out. You had a lot to cover. You did have a lot to cover, but you had your 152s both in very good positions. I mean, the Germans have to cover some open ground. Yeah, that. there was the grain field. Yeah. No, that, yeah. There was grain there. But still, yeah. But still. And you did get into the close to the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Close. Well, you started off, you gave me a few buildings, like, To take course. easy at the front. Yes. And then you protected the back line of buildings back all the way. Back by that road that runs all the way across yeah. the board. Yep. And I didn't have an awful lot. I thought this was kind of hard for the Germans, but probably not for a, for a normal player. But for me, uh, yeah. I had 10, 4, 6, 7 squads, a 9-2 leader, an 8-1 leader, an 8-0 leader. But then just a medium machine gun, a couple of lights. I had uh, three uh, Panzer, let's see, I think they were Panzer IVs. Panzer IVes with a 75. Yeah. But no armor piercing, you know. And then on turn two, I had three more Panzer, let's see, uh, I can't remember. They may have been Panzer IVs again with the 50 guns on them and uh but you held very well and i could not take out those 152s fortunately you broke one at one oh, point and it fixed and then you fixed it yeah so again flip a couple die rolls i think you would have won the tank battles yeah and, and I, it would have opened it up i think that's why we decided to continue it the second night yes. because you had broken a 152 and i was out out of sight of the other one and mm-hmm. so it looked like you know it it could turn but 
you had a couple of good rally rolls there, and uh, with that 152 coming back, that was that was pretty tough for me. Fun, fun though, the meat grinder. Yeah, and I played Deadly Sleigh Ride. This was FT124 from the pack on the Civil Russian Civil War. Oh, from the French, the Franc Still playing that, huh? Uh, yes, yeah. You play that with uh... um, Dave. Didn't want to seem to finish them, oh. and then he's been very busy, yeah. obviously lately. And Rick Hollander's now free. He's quit doing theater shows ah. all the time, which has given him a lot more free time. So he came over, and we played this Deadly Sleigh Ride, two big boards, a desert board, twenty-seven, and then a village board, twelve. And I think it was ground snow, and there were sledges, cavalry, the um, Red Russians set up as a defense around this town. The White Russians have to come in and get 21 LVP, location victory points, without suffering 44 casualty victory points, and capture buildings, pillboxes, and... The um, very very interesting. We like this one a lot. It kind of went where you've got some open ground also that these whites have to cross on their cab with their sledges. Ten neg three leader, and I had one with the white Russian, so I was the attacker there. Um, but I I recommend it. Liked it a lot. That was my one thousand two hundred and twenty second whoa game. 1,222nd game. Kudos. I'm going to give you kudos for Thanks. that. I would I would have given you actual cash, but kudos are easier to come by. <laughs> then I played Debacle at Song Kayang, Into the Rubble 2. Oh. Into the Rubble from our friends at Bounding Fire Productions. Bounding Fire, folks. The place you want to order your games from. Giant games. Meaty games. Weighty games. Games with many, many... Many scenarios. Well worth the dollar. Sorry, I had a hard time finding the bell. I rearranged the basement, the foxhole recently. And, uh, and the Texas attorney's coming up soon. Yeah. And you can go down there and meet the Bounding Fire people. Including the, the immortal Sam Tyson. Yes, indeed. And Sam so, is upset because we haven't mentioned Sam Tyson in a few episodes. <laughs> Actually, he's so we should bring upset up Sam that Tyson. we're probably not going to make it to the Texas tournament. You told him that? Pretty much. I'm, yeah. I'm still toying with going myself. The train ride looks I'm still longer. toying with myself. You don't want to drive down? Uh, it's possible. I, I, I'm still going to hold out, uh, out as a possibility. I had been holding, uh, kind of holding that date open because my mom uh, recently moved from, we moved her from her home to a <coughs> assisted living place and she turns 93 on june 25th and uh you know she's probably only got another 10 or 15 years with us so (coughs) so there was talk of of all the uh siblings getting together and getting to see her on the on her birthday but that it's looking less and less like that will happen and so it's possible still well all right, I won't cancel my plans entirely then. Yeah. Uh, debacle at Song Kayang by oh, Bounding oh. Fire Productions. Into the Rubble 2. Uh, played it twice. Once Whoa. 
one with the Chinese against Tom Barkle. I think I discussed that on another show. Then he got his replay in with me. I lost with the Chinese against Tom Barkle on this one. Chinese, yep. Couple little trucky vehicles with uh, coax machine guns as the main armament. Japanese got some DCs, a flamethrower coming in there, and also some of the little like armored car vehicles, Type 92 with CMG's main armament. So it's early 1937. Yeah, I like these early war scenarios where that the you don't have the gigantic guns. Got these very modest little armored vehicles scooting around. Yeah, you do. And in this one, the um, Japanese had control greater than or equal to 11 buildings, multi-ax buildings. And the Chinese could fortify, and Chinese have hand-to-hand combat. So highly recommend anything from Into the Rubble. Why not? And you can buy those products right from Bounding Fire Productions or from Ritterkrieg. Ritterkrieg.com. Ritterkrieg.com. You get free shipping still from Ritter Creek, which yeah. is just absolutely so hard to beat. Yes. Uh, so we'd highly recommend getting over to see Derek and place your order for ASL products and other things at Ritter Creek. That bell is red hot tonight. <laughs> I wrote the date on that one. Yes, you did. So this is another one you played, Reaping Rewards. You played this back in March. This is. Oh, we played this one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, in southern Russia, uh, December 1942, Russians against the Germans, of course. Well, the Romanians, actually. The Russians against the Romanians. Yeah, and I kind of like these. You know, in playing these recently and just some various things I've been reading, I really need to learn more about that area. Russia, the Balkans, that whole, you know, the white Russians all the way from the beginning of the Russian Revolution and all that stuff. I just don't know anything about that stuff. And you're not going to teach me, are you? Mm-mm. You're going to make me do it the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know about the white Russians Actually, and wanna, the red Russians and the Cossacks. And more the, myself. Yeah. So intricate. Yeah. A lot going on there. Uh, this was a six-turn scenario, and the Russians won. Circle R? No circle. Oh, the Russians lost. I played the Russians, then if it's not circled, I lost. Okay. And under the line is my opponent, which was your name, right? Yes. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. I it's mean, March. I remember, because this was, this was kind of a big scenario. Boards uh, 57, 56, and 13. And uh, just vaguely do I remember it. You know, I should be taking more pictures as we play these so that I can recall better. But do you remember oh, any yeah, of the circumstances on, on phones. this? Yeah. No. Yeah, Dave, do you know that was, you got that fancy phone that takes pictures? What was the victory conditions? Uh, the Russians win at game end by controlling all multi-hex buildings on board 56. Yeah. Okay. It helps, yeah. To see. It helps to see the boards, too. Like on these... Yeah. St. Louis scenarios, they put the whole board in on in color. Yeah, you get a picture you know, of it. Sam's doing that. That Bounty does help fire. a lot, yeah. So is LaFranc Terreur. Yeah. And you can look at the board and kind of remember. Let me take yeah, a see if that rings any bells, because it does not... I mean, it vaguely rings a bell for me. That's a vaguely rung bell. 
I'm sure we had fun. There was, we laughed, we danced. <laughs> and then I played from the St. Louis Club, St. Louis Six, which used those sideways boards, 5B. I think it's the first time I think I've used one. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe not. From Bounding Fire again. No, those are, uh, those were from oh. that special pack. Oh, right. From St. From the St. Louis guys. Yeah. The, no, Fortenberry made them for, uh, Action pack from MMP. Okay, I'm they, lost. Yep, they folded up. They were wider. We oh, about yes, it. we talked. Yes, 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 yes. I have not had those out probably since that episode that we recorded. Yeah, yeah I, think, so. I think this may have been the first time or second time I've ever used one yeah, of the boards because I, I haven't got to that action pack or a lot of the scenarios after that time in history. But uh, this uh, A Rising Tide, I played it on May 13th, Japanese win... If they all three Commonwealth howitzers are captured or destroyed, and or they control more huts on board five B, and let's see the foxholes, the wire for the Commonwealth forces. Yeah, Japanese had some OBA, which I didn't. Get in there to use. Sorry, I was just filling in there. There was some dead air. And, yeah, because I can't remember that one as well either. Yeah. But this one, St. Louis 12, What Doesn't Kill You. And this one, played it in April. This one I remember very well. There's this road, long road running through the boards, 5759, playing the center of those boards. It is Chinese and Japanese with some supported vehicles from the uh, British. And I lost with the Japanese because I was holding on around the road. This is where you can spread out around the road and the Chinese have to come through and clear it and all the hexes adjacent to it. Mm. So very good. I like this one a lot. I probably liked Rising Tide also, but I definitely liked the St. Louis 112, which doesn't kill you. Because it's a little different. You notice the last ones, we had a lot of capture the buildings. Yeah. This one, clear in the road. Yeah. It's always a little bit of a change up, making it a little bit different. Yeah. Getting your Chinese out there also. And lastly, I played Bounding Fire Productions. Boy, not a lot of MMP products in there. I guess you yeah, and I, who needs them? You, you and I were playing through that action pack. Yes, that's right. But... Everyone else, I'm trying to finish off the St. Louis ones. And Rich picked this one from Crucible of Steel. Ah, yes. Play that in January. Which one? What's it called? Panzer's Spirit. Did you do that one? No, I haven't played that one yet. So. Yeah. It's, um, again, Capture Buildings. Rich played the Russians. I was the SS. Germans, and I had lost, but it was Rich Spilkey. Yes, he's good. Almost a guaranteed loss. Do you do you recall? Did he whip out the Spilkey tables? I remember now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and uh, a lot of the freezing vehicle freeze, and I forgot to defensively first fire at the tanks as they come adjacent to freeze you to lay down resid. Oh, it's one of the things. Yes. I gotta remember to do. Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten how many things I've forgotten what to do. I, I've, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I do. Yeah, I'm eager to get back into it. 
And that's what I've been playing lately. Oh, good. Good stuff. We vow to play more. Hello, boys and girls. It's Terrain Time. What time is it, Dave? It's Terrain Time, Jeff. How did we know? Sometimes you just know, you know? Sometimes you do. It's a intuition. It's a gift we have for knowing what time it is. And what are you going to teach us about? Well, I'm going to talk tonight about clearance. Clarence? Or is it Clarence? Clearance. I'm going to talk about Clarence tonight. This is one of the most fascinating subject subjects of all of ASL. It is? Yeah. And I've got the ukulele with me tonight. Are you going to sing us a rendition? You know, uh, because what I like about the ukulele is that it's used in a lot of ads these days for for things that take something complicated, usually like software or something like uh, very complicated software, and they want to make it sound easy. So, so ukulele gives it an easy feeling. Gives it gives it an easy feeling. So the the ad might start with something like, you know how complicated clearance rules can be. Well, they don't have to be. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right about that. I do hear that in a lot of commercials. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. They don't have to be. Because all you have to need all you need is the ukulele <laughs> going in the background. And everything is easier. Well, let me tell you about Clarence. Uh Clarence, no, no I'm going to be saying that wrong. Clarence is just the act of removing rubble, wire, mines, Set demolition charges, roadblocks, or flame from terrain. That's what Clarence, Clarence cool. is. It's not removing bridges? And it, no, you, that would be you know, demolition. Right. Yeah. No, this is specifically Clarence, and this is just overall Clarence needs to be removed by... Uh, squad. Yes. Or half squad. Yes, it's a multi-man counter. Can't be done with a single-man counter. No. Which kind of makes sense. Take too long. Or what else could be could used for... Bulldozer. Used, the, the bulldozer, which I've never used for clearance purposes. I don't... I, 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 I probably No, have. I don't think you have. You would know better than me, <laughs> actually. <laughs> how, how would I know better than you? You probably would. Now, I, You'd I remember may if you I, played I may with a bulldozer on, uh, in any game. They're yeah, so unique. I think so, yeah. Probably on Tarawa. Uh, that could be. Yeah, I think so. And in all cases, when any unit is engaged in clearance, they become TI. Not engaged in clearance? No, they don't. They're not engaged <laughs> to clearance. And tell me, Dave, well, this is ridiculous. It's got to be in the location they're in. You can't remove stuff. You can't <laughs> clear the... stuff from a location far away. Except with a flamethrower. Or a transporter beam. <laughs> Can't be done. So or clear- telekinesis. You could, yeah. Uh, clearance starts once a unit declares clearance. <laughs> That's logical. Which is not that easy to say. But and see how easy the rules are? Yeah. <laughs> easy rules. Clarence, Clarence starts once a unit declares clearance clear, and ends with a clearance die roll. Or if the unit becomes pinned, 
or is no longer good order. So, or is KIA'd. Well, yeah, they don't even that, state that because it's just so obvious. Yeah, because they're not good order if they're KIA. Uh, but they could be. Can you be good order and pinned? I think so. You can be good order and pinned. That's why they list pinned separately from good order. Uh, but I, 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 I'd actually going. have to look that up. I'm looking that you up. The rules you there? keep teaching. Yeah. Okay. Here, let me hand you the rule book. Oh, that thing's getting heavier. <laughs> it is a cool rule book, though. Look at it. So, to make things simple, an unpinned good order unit may perform a clearance. All attempts and all clearance attempts succeed with a less than or equal to two die roll. That's a capital DR. So, okay. that sounds like, ooh, that's going to yeah, be hard to do. It sounds really low. But like, actually, there's a, there's a lot of uh, modifiers that come into play there. Yeah. So, it's, it's actually not that bad. All units in the same location as the thing that you're clearing must clear at the same time. So if you have multiple units and you all intend to be clearing the same roadblock, you all have to do it at the same time. Can't do it separately. Okay. I got good order for you. Okay. It is a personnel unit or vehicular inherent crew, which is neither broken, berserk, captured, stunned, shocked, or held in melee, or a support weapon, which is fully manned by a good order personnel unit and not malfunctioned, or restricted by an ammo shortage counter. Yeah. So, so pinned, yes. pinned is good order. But if you're pinned, you you ain't clearing. So there are some modifiers involved here, base, uh, some basic ones. One is you have to add labor status, which we'll be talking to later. There's a labor status counter that comes into play here. Mm-hmm. So you add that in. Leadership modifier of how many how many participating leaders can you have involved in a clearance attempt? Um, let's say you had three uh, leaders and two squads. How many of the leaders could participate? I, I well, why not all of them? But they wouldn't count for much extra. You could only count one leadership modifier per attempt. That's correct, and you know that's because he's the boss. Too many Indians and not enough chiefs, <laughs> or too many chiefs Jeez. and not enough Indians, or yeah, however that goes. Exactly. Uh, clearance must be attempted by, can you do it with a half squad? I think yes. Minuses. Get a minus one on the die roll for the full squad. And then for each additional full squad, you get minus one or minus two? My, an additional minus one. A minus two, actually. For each additional squad? Yeah, so for the first squad, it's minus one. For additional squads, it's minus two for each one. How about for half squads? Yeah, half squads can be used. Yeah. Right? How much do they account for? And or crews. Minus um, mm, a full squad is minus two, neg so a half one. squad yeah. is a neg one, right. And then there are um in some cases there are environmental conditions that can affect the uh, your ability to clear. And remember we included flame in this. So obviously environmental conditions would have to do with the flames. With wetness. So if it's wet conditions then it's easier to clear flames so the you add those environmental condition die roll modifiers and actually i didn't write those down but you use the ec uh, die roll modifiers and i think i can't remember what they are like semi-wet really wet and just drenched wet (laughs) it's something actually i was going to read them later in my notes so why don't i just add them in now okay 
from the chart. Yeah. Uh, snow, minus three. Okay, good. Mud, neg three. Wet, neg two. Moist, neg one. Moist. Moderate, zero. Mm-hmm. Dry, plus one. And very dry, plus two. Yeah. Then, for each participating hero, there's a neg one modifier. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. So you can, and it could be multiple heroes. But not for all types of of terrain that you're clearing. So they can participate with mine, set DC, or wire, but they're not going to help you with flame roadblocks or rubble. Oh, now these rules are getting complicated. Because it's just one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's forget it. Ukulele? Oh, the ukulele, yeah. And it can be done by a half squad, Jeff. Oh, it can. By itself, okay, yeah. okay. Here's, here's what it sounds like when the rules start to get complicated. Yeah. <laughs> a little more stressful sounding. <laughs> it is. Very stressful. Not at all uh, melodic. Well, and then you got these sappers. There's a minus two Bunch for sappers. And I kind of I kind of hesitate always on that word because the only place I ever see sapper is when I'm reading uh, ASL rules. It doesn't come up a lot. Don't you call people a bunch of saps? No, I don't. You get a neg two for you each sapper You squad. might like it. I will. I will start now. Sap is to gradually weaken or destroy a person's strength or power. You destroy my power, Dave. It's, you know what? It's your beautiful blue eyes. Thanks. What color are your eyes? Uh, They're hazily. Okay. I don't want to get that close, so. A neg two for each sapper squad. And a neg one for half squads. But uh, interestingly, the sappers can only participate with the clearing of mines, set DCs, or wires. Sappers cannot affect. I guess they could. No, sappers don't participate with flame, roadblock, and rubble. Well, clearance. I think they're trained to handle the uh, yeah. more of the explosive type yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then for dozers, you get a neg five for each dozer. Oh, and yeah. Dozers, can dozers clear set DCs? Oh, I'm going to say no. Can dozers clear mines? I'm going to say uh, yes. No. Okay, because you don't just churn. Well, yeah. Okay. What about I wire? Accept that. Yes, definitely. It's not included. It's, it no. says, and maybe you could look this up and correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Or I should say correct me because I'm wrong, because it's usually... <laughs> Uh, in that section, it says neg five for each dozer, uh, just for flame roadblock and rubble. Or uh, and I might have that. No, you're right. You're right. Flame yeah. roadblock or rubble. Or rubble, not for wire. Interesting. So a couple interesting notes. Heroes don't help with. Oh, I already mentioned that. They don't mm-hmm. help with flame roadblock or rubber. Sappers are not as good as regular squads, really, for flame roadblock and rubble. And they're only as good as regular squads for mines, set DCs, and wires. So they're not, they're not, they don't bring you a big advantage in clearing. Uh, extra dozers don't help with wire, mines, and set DCs. Okay, do, the uh, clearance attempts are usually made at the end of the close combat phase. The actual clearance okay. die roll is made. The when you move into clearance, that usually happens during the movement phase. So you declare it during the prep fire, was it or the rally? you actually uh, declare it during movement phase? 
You cleared at the beginning of movement okay. phase for a squad that has not fired, has not moved already, has not done anything else, really. Yeah. Okay. And they're marked TI. And then you mark the them as doing the clearance. Of then close you, combat. You put the TI on them, you move them in. And as they're moving into, if they're moving into a location that they are going to clear, it's hazardous movement. So it's all of their movement points to get in there. Hazardous movements, uh, neg one to shoot at them. Uh, that's neg right. Two. Yes, neg two, right? That's right. Yeah, so you need to be careful about that. And that, that even if, they're remain, if they remain in the same hex and they don't move... It still counts as uh, they, hazardous. They still counts as hazardous movement. Because they're running all around. Right. Okay. Getting together their clearance. So they'll still get marked with that. With that TI counter, it's still hazardous movement, so you can still take a good shot at them. Uh, when when dozers m- make their move into the hex that they're going to clear, they do not need to check for bog. Okay. And they have to move in with all of their movement points. However, doesn't include startup movement. So if they're starting up in an adjacent hex, they're allowed to do that, and then all their movement to move into the hex that they're going to clear. Can dozers use um, excessive speed breakdown to move into a hex that they're going to clear? No. That is correct. That's called a leading question. I've been watching a lot of Perry Mason. (laughs) Cleared rubble hexes. Let's talk about rubble. Uh, Cleared rubble hexes get marked with a trail break across any two hex sides. Now, who gets to choose which two hex sides get cleared by the trail break? The guy doing the clearing. That is correct. Very good. Uh, now, when the trail break is trail break is placed in that hex, what does the movement factor become for that that rubble hex? Equal to open ground. Close. Well, and in some cases, yes, but it becomes the pre-rubble cost. Oh, whatever the train was. Yeah. Okay. So if it, if it, if it's a rubbled building hex, yeah, it's it goes back to, um, you know, what what it would like cost to enter building a building cost. Yeah. Yeah, and if so it was brush, two. it would still be kind of brushy. Right. Um, but if it was ru- if it is if it was rubble that had fallen into a street, yeah, then it's just down to a one. Trail break, uh, the trail breaks do not affect line of sight or terrain effect modifiers. I think we know this from trail breaks in general. Clearing fire. Here's how it happens. It happens in the movement phase. The squad or whatever the unit declares that they're going to do clearance. They take their hazardous movement into the hex, takes all of their movement points, and then they're marked with TI. That's that's pretty much the standard way all of this clearance goes. If the flame is in multiple locations, it must be extinguished separately. So you might have multiple locations in the same hex. Yeah, and you can have multiple flames in the also in, in, in a hex. Yes, in different locations, right? So you can have one. Yeah, how would I think that you can, be? You can also have you can have more than one in a location also. Because I just did flame. Uh, oh, fire. is that right? Yeah, oh, I did okay. fire. If we don't get to it today, we'll do it next show. Okay, that'll be interesting to reveal. Yes, reveal it, Dave. The big reveal. Do we tell you we're on Patreon? Oh no, we didn't. Tell tell me. You can now subscribe to the show <laughs> for one dollar at yeah. Patreon. Yeah. 
It's a great way to support your favorite podcast. We would appreciate it. Can you clear a blaze? No. Correct. Extinguish when you extinguish a flame, what happens to the what is what is left in charred that? little charred areas? Yes, but what is the terrain cost then for that hex? The same as it was before. The same as it was, yes. The pre-fire condition. Yeah, that's right. Which I thought, oh, that's no fair. Can't you let the trees burn down and then like put them out? Not for most of the blaze. A flame. gets too complicated. Now, this is something I had no idea. This is the first time I've seen this. There are hamper rules. Yes, there are. Yeah, laundry hamper, you think? No, probably not. <laughs> 24.721, there it is, hamper rules, sitting there all alone. You know, one time my, my wife and I, about two years ago, we went to the zoo. I don't know why this reminds me of that. And we... <laughs> <laughs> We went there right when they opened the Brookfield Zoo, big big zoo. We found a animal person. A, we found a person, <laughs> a guide, and we said a zookeeper. Yes, we said, "What is the least popular animal in the zoo? We want to go see that." Oh, and it was the wombat. Oh. She said, "Nobody goes to the wombats." So we went to the wombats first, and we spent some time there because we felt sorry for them. They were probably glad to see you. They were really happy. We had coffee, <laughs> bagels. It was nice. Uh, anyway, back to hampering. Hampering uh, is a little bit different. It goes along with flame, but if you roll a final clearance die roll of three to six, you know, normally you have to, it has to be less than or equal to two. But for a flame, if you roll a three to six, it just prevents the flame from becoming a blaze during that turn. Okay. So it hampers. Yes. Doesn't extinguish it, though. Right. And you mark the, the flame with a pin for counter? that. With a, that's very good. Okay. With a pin counter. Very good, Dave. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, I'm in awe. A little bit in awe of you. Well, I just read that when the flame appears, before it can spread, it has to wait a turn, so you have to mark it with a pin counter. Oh, I also. see. Yeah, that's something we don't do. <clears throat> Imagine that. Now, for clearing wire... This starts with the unit where in relation to the wire? Um, on top of. Underneath. Underneath, oh. yes. The unit has to be underneath. So this is not one where you can move into the wire axe. You have to yeah. be in there and underneath before you declare that you're going to do clearance. Yeah, probably your next movement turn. Yeah. Then you get marked with a TI, and then you make that attempt at the end of the close combat phase. Minefields. Uh can you be... I, I would just take the guy next to me and toss him yeah, to the hex. a very good way to do it. Yeah, that guy you don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, he won't shut up. Or mm-hmm. he ends all of his sentences with, right? <laughs> and I would throw that guy instantly out there, right? Is that right? I hate him, right? I hate the guy, right? I can't even do it, but that drives me crazy. <clears throat> In a minefield... Uh, to clear a minefield, a unit needs to be already in the minefield location in order to start con- clearing, conduct okay. the clearance. So he de- he's in there, then he can declare it, he gets marked DI, and the attempt is made at the end of the close combat phase. Yeah, oh, does he place a trail break also? Or that is re- correct. Or does it reduce the... He okay. does. He does. 
Now, what happens if they make a clearance attempt and the units involved roll a 12, a natural 12? They're going to be half squatted. Yes, casualty reduction. Ouch. But if they succeed, then they do a trail, a trail break across two sides of the hex. And who decides which two sides? The clearer. The attacker. <clears throat> yeah, he's the clearer. Is he? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's your movement. So you're the attacker. So why do they make that distinction here? It, here they say attacker, and in the other part of the rules they say the player. The player making the attempt. I do not know. Okay. But he is considered the attacker. Yeah, I guess, because it's his movement phase. Okay. I thought it may I thought maybe it meant the the person in charge of the minefields because they in that case are making the mine attack. Yeah, but then you would be that clearing th- the way direction you want to go when you're the attacker. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Not the mine attack, right? The attacker, like yeah. all capitals or whatever. Right. It's all capitals. Uh here's a little tip, something that I have used actually because I stumbled upon this one time. A good order infantry unit. You stumbled upon a minefield? I did, yes. And it was the last thing that ever happened to me. I get, uh, But I got better. A good order infantry unit may enter a minefield using all of its movement factors. If you declare clearance, you can use all your movement factors. You become TI, and you can go right in there without suffering a mine attack. Okay, really? Yes. Okay. And when you do that, you place a partial trail break for, the, for that unit or those units. And if they can't clear the mines, they may exit back through that trail okay. break. Okay. And then they remove that trail break. It doesn't, doesn't oh, remain no. there, and nobody else can use that trail break. Oh. I would think they'd mark it with signs or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's kind of a good way to get into a minefield. If you know there's a minefield there, you can just use this to get in and you don't have to take the mine attack, which is nice. Clearing a DC, pretty much the same. You declare your intent, you use all your movement factors, you mark TI, and then you're, you make the attempt at the end of the close combat phase. Roadblock, same thing, same as the others. Now, if you fail an attempt at the end of these close combat phases that we're talking about here if you fail the attempt the unit get marked gets marked with a labor status a neg one labor a status. neg one so the next time you make the attempt you get to take off that neg one so it's like you've been working at it you failed the first time it's a little easier the second time around and doesn't it flip to a neg two later too yes if you fail again it goes to a neg two and it stays there forever as long as you keep attempting or if you get eliminated of course yeah then you're gone or if you leave the location the uh, labor status goes away. And the labor status only applies to that task. So if you're using, if, if you've got a labor status for having been attempting clearance, you can't use that same negative labor status for something else and vice versa. All right. So if you're also, and I, honestly, I can't remember what else we'd be using labor status for besides clearance. Having babies. True. Yeah. Starting a opening, uh, starting a union, maybe. 
Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is one of those pauses I was talking about where I'm drinking the beer. <laughs> Here's an interesting note. I thought this is part of the rules that I love. It said, bulldozers engaged in clearance are considered to be dozing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's part of their dozing. There's just a few little bits I threw in here. Drifts can be cleared, same as a roadblock. Okay. So if you have snow drifts, go at it. Jungle. There are some differences in jungle. Clearing jungle. You can't clear the jungle. Well, you clear a path. You can clear a path in the jungle. Oh, you can. Huh? You can, yes. Okay. How many multi-man counters can be involved in a clearance attempt in a jungle or bamboo location? Uh, um, The stacking limit. One. Oh. It's actually one. Only okay. one. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, jungle or bamboo, they can be involved in that. And this... The only difference between this and other clearance is they also get a lax counter on them. And is lax, do we only see lax in in uh, PTO? No. Okay. Well, there is something about clearing the jungle <clears throat> that gives them a lax counter. And then they're clearing a path. Now, another thing mentioned in the jungle rules of, with clearance that's not mentioned in the other rules is that they also get a plus one for being CX. I don't see this in the regular clearance rules. So a CX counters, Well, there, there's no penalty for CX. Normally you have the plus one to the various things, you know, like uh, close combat. Can it, uh, Here's a, here's a question. Can a CX, maybe this would explain it, can a CX counter move hazardous movement? Yeah, should be able to. And I don't know why they're yes. listed in jungle, but not CX is not move. listed. Hazardous movement yeah. just means it's risky. No, no, got to look that up. I'll ask on the uh, Slack group. There's always guys in there. Hey, if you if if anybody wants to, you know, get back in that Slack group. There's guys in there. It's fun. Get in there, chat live with other ASLers. If you want to know more about the Slack group, just drop us a line at the two half squads, and we'll get you in there. Uh, other things in the jungle, there's, if you're in bamboo, it's another plus one. Okay. And if you're in light, because it's harder to clear. You know that. It's very, because you've been in bamboo you've before. You've been in bamboo. You've been, you were in like three square yards of bamboo and you were lost for uh, hours. Was, yes. Yeah. Fortunately, they, they hung bananas out at the <laughs> no. edge and you found your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it's a neg one for light jungle though. It's easier to clear light. Okay. Makes sense. Can prisoners be forced to perform clearance duties? Um, sure. Yes, that's right. If you have a a leader, uh, a guard with them, they can. Pangees, clearing pangees is the same as clearing wire. Uh, Roadblocks can be cleared by HE that results in a an HE attack that results in a KIA. And that's it for clearance. All right. Most excellent. A lot of good stuff there. And so easy. Very easy indeed. And I will finish up the show with the rubble rules. 
Rule 24.1, just before the clearance rules, rubble is one of those terrains that you can clear. Let's start with Quiz Show, Jeff. What color is wooden rubble? Wood. Woody. That kind of woody brown. Mm Mm-hmm. What color is stone rubble? That kind of stony gray. Mm Mm-hmm. And what is rubble's first name? Barney. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Is rubble a building? Oh, uh, is rubble a building? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm going to say no. You are correct. Yeah. Because it's rubble. <laughs> yeah, it's rubble. It, it used to be. It's very sad. And as you mentioned, uh, well, high explosives in your rule set, it can be created by high explosives greater than or equal to, question mark? Why did I put a question mark? 70 millimeter or heat. High explosives or heat of that size on an original die roll equal to what on the IFT table? A 13. Okay. <laughs> a K, a K, a a check, one oh. check, two check, pin check. A K, a a correct. Then you would check the rubble creation table. Right, which really determines just where it falls. Is that right? And if it falls. Oh. Yeah. So it could be that it doesn't fall? Yeah, it could be created by high explosives, KIA. Okay. So you so, go to that table. So you'd have a stone building, you hit it, you get the KIA, but even though you, you still may not create rubble from it? You still may not create okay. rubble from it. Okay. You would need a subsequent die roll. Okay. Equal to, mm-hmm. I didn't fill that in, modified 13. by, <laughs> it's modified by Plus one if it's a stone building. Okay, yeah. Do you have the charts? I do. I'm going to look at my rubble table. I've got the chart. So you would roll on that chart with a plus one if it's stone building. And if you roll, oh, less than or equal to a KIA number. Oh, that's the number we're rolling here. So, yeah, you got your KIA. If it was a two KIA, you'd have to roll less than or equal to that number, two. If it was a 3 KIA, it'd be 3. So it's harder to rubble the stone buildings. Yeah, right. And then if you do get that, that equals rubble. What happens to the levels above that level in a building? Uh, do they spread? Do they stay standing? If you rubble a level, what happens to lo- levels above it? Oh, no, they they fall. They also um, are rubbled, yes. They come tumbling down. Then there's a check for that later, but you place level counters under the rubble if if needed. So if you rubble the second level and the first level below it is still standing, you can place the rubble on a level counter to indicate the rubble's up high in the building. Oh, I see. Okay. And if it's not rubbled, you resolve the effects normally. Uh, of course. And if the area, if it's area fire or OBA, it does not affect all the levels. So you would use random selection hmm. to see which one got the rubble check. Okay. What happens to the units in a rubble building, Jeff? They panic. They fill their pants. 
before they then are KIA'd. Yes, eliminated for failure to escape rubble. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Ouch. Now, exception is armor finding vehicles. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And open top, though, Ooh. are eliminated. Crew exposed closed top. What if the armor leader has his umbrella open? No, it's not strong enough to protect him. Okay. No, it's still considered open top vehicle. Okay. If he's it's crew exposed and a closed top vehicle, but he's crew exposed with his umbrella, he's stunned. Yeah. And I'll bog bet. check. Oh. Closed top. I think it should be a bonk check to see if he was uh, bonked, definitely a bonked bonk on check. the head. <laughs> And then you have to go through the concussion protocol, <laughs> and you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. And then he could be out Tedious. for several games. Tedious. Eh, it's just horrible. Yeah. He's got to recover. <laughs> he needs a couple of days on the beach. And so the, yeah, you're stunned in a bog check on that crew exposed close top. And if you're buttoned up, close top, armor finding vehicle, you check for bog. That's it. So the men are okay. Yeah. There's no stunning okay. or eliminating. And if it's a die roll greater than or equal to six... The entire hex collapses, and you roll a plus one for each level above the rubbled level. Okay. What am I a talking about? A plus one for each one. Each so level above the rubbled. Is this checking for... So is that for? Is that then for falling rubble? Well, the, the creation was the KIA yeah. number. Mm-hmm. I roll die roll greater than or equal to six. The entire hex collapses. Lower levels will collapse on a final. Oh, lower. On a final second die roll, single single. Oh, DR okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Of yes. greater than or equal to six. That's it. Um, and there's a plus plus one per non rooftop level above the rubble. That makes sense because it's it's collapsing it's, down. Yeah, so if you level the pancaking down. There you go. And yeah. so you check for the ones below. They may go up. Okay. Some. I wrote okay. entire hex collapses. I shouldn't have wrote that. Yeah. Now, can upper level rubble fall into an adjacent hex? Yes. Yes, indeed. We know that well. And you roll a color die roll. You roll two die. And on the color die roll, greater than or equal to seven, adding one for each level above ground. Oh, okay. Right, ground yeah. level. Because I was thinking my six-sided die doesn't go to seven. <laughs> Not anymore. It used to, but I fixed it. I took it to the shop. They so, fixed it. So it has to be an upper ground level yeah, okay. to get the plus one. Right. Then it's going to fall, and the white is the direction it's falling to. Uh, so otherwise oh, it goes okay. in its own hex. Yeah. If you hit the six or more, I'm sorry, the seven on the color die, it's going to go in sideways. And if it's... The white tells you what direction it falls. Okay. Into an adjacent hex. So right. can falling rubble hit an adjacent building, causing a chain reaction? Yeah, I was just, I was just wondering that. Would they get that complicated? Uh, I'm going to say no. Let me remind you. Because this is a simple game. <laughs> That's what I wanted to remind you of. It's simply squad leader. It's much more complicated oh, than that. Shoot. So the answer is? Play all the scenarios that don't have any buildings? Is that the answer? <laughs> then you don't have to worry with r falling rubble, yeah. creating a chain reaction. The answer oh, yeah. is yes. I guess I don't yes. remember that. Okay. Yes, mm. but I didn't mm. explain how. Just yes. 
I just wrote yes. Yeah. When you get there, listeners, just whip out the old rule book and curse the two half squads. But don't let that keep you from going to Patreon and signing up. That's right, boys and girls. Patreon. Do the right thing. One dollar show. Yeah. It is the right thing to do. And so, uh, is ground level rubble a hindrance to line of sight, Jeffrey? Mm, no. No. It's a blocks line of sight. Is a half is it a half level obstacle then? I think it is a half level obstacle, yes. Yes. And does it fill the whole hex? Yes. Yes, it does. And does it cover hedges and walls? Does it cover hedges that are and walls? on the hex sides? Does it cover them? Boy. Yeah. No, I I would think it cover them. What does that even mean, cover them? Um, like it would destroy them or... Oh, no. Do they still count as a wall? They still count as a wall. They do, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at upper levels, does it fill the whole hex? So if you've got the rubble on a building oh, counter, uh, on a level one counter, because yeah. the second level collapsed, does that fill the whole hex? Yes. But what about the building depiction that's still below it, holding up the rubble? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. No, I guess it would have to match whatever the lower level was. Yeah, the shape of the building yeah. depicted. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the ground level yeah. can have the rubble in it because it can fall around that building into that hex. So the ground level would fill the <clears> whole <throat> hex, and upper levels that were still okay are going to... Be the depiction. depiction of the building. Okay. Yes. Which Yikes. is logical. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um but movement within the building oh does not pay rubble costs. Right. The ground level of the upper level rubble also has rubble in it, but it's inside the building is not rubble because it's still standing building. So you can yeah. move through the building at two. Anywhere else you're paying the rubble cost. It does it also does not harm units when it falls in to that ground level hex. So if you got guys oh, in the building... Oh, it doesn't? Yeah, it's not going to okay. harm them. Okay. Is a gully... Okay, so you can have rubble in a gully hex. Is a gully rubble hex an obstacle at both its crest level and its depression levels? You know, it's funny you should ask that because I was I was in a cab the other day and... The cab driver asked me that very same question. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. I, and Did you show him the answer is yes? Well, actually, we got to my stop. I got out. I paid him. And oh, you didn't, didn't have we time. Didn't have a, we didn't have a chance. Because it fills the whole hex, so it fills the crust and the a depression gully level. gully rubble hex? Mm-hmm. Wow. Rubble falls in the gully. It fills the whole hex. Now, I, costs, now I've seen everything. And it costs four movement points to movement factors to enter the crest. And now I wrote down to read. What time are we at on this show, sir? Uh, we've, we've been at this. We've been rambling on for an hour and 15 minutes. Then it's time to wrap up right here. I'm going to read rule 24.3. The TEM of rubble is equal to the building type from which it was made. Yes. Rubble can never have a building level above it but can exist above an intact building level, in which case it still adds a plus one TEM to any indirect fire attack on levels below it, even though it's a half-level obstacle. So you still get the help for if it's OBA attacks. You know, you add protection for the upper building oh, level. Oh, right. Okay. 
I was wondering why they were going with that. And infantry movement into rubble costs three. Stairwell movement to or from a rubble level also costs three. Not the normal one for changing levels. Okay. Entrance and exit of a sewer through a rubbled manhole location is not allowed unless the manhole's in a road. Hex can be crossed along the road via a full trail break, as you discussed. Okay. Vehicles may not enter rubble location unless they are fully tracked and must expend half their movement point allotment plus check for bog at a plus three. Seller consequences do not occur in a previously rubbled, completely rubbled hex. Bypass allowed on rubble? No. You are correct. No fortifications are allowed in a rubble location? Mm-hmm. And it can be kindled in the same manner as a building. Oh, rubble kindled. can be burned. Burn it. That gets us up to the clearance rules, which you already covered. Yes. After that comes fire, and we'll do that next show. All right. Very good. Well, I think that wraps it up for this show, Dave. It does. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening once again, and we hope you really enjoyed this episode because we had fun bringing it to you yes we did we ask you to go to bounding fire productions order their stuff order it through river creek yep and subscribe to us on, on patreon. patreon thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next time but in the meantime remember to roll low and subscribe to us on patreon and rally well yes but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us thanks everybody bye-bye bye There's only like two words to the song. I brought my steel guitar. You did? Mm-hmm. Bring it out. Wow, 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 wow,